All right, it is I, the Beef Man, and we are back. It's the Slaptail Squad. So you asked for it, Slaptail Nation. Maybe you didn't, as I said the first time, but you got it anyway. It's part two of the Karate Kid. Slaptail Squad, assemble. resident expert my number two the rons hey, hey, hey. slight hey, disclaimer i no, i i'm not an expert but i have some knowledge in it you might so you're saying you're not an expert at karate kid but you are an expert at karate <laughs> oh, oh you you are one hell of a politician beef man i would vote for you even though i don't know what you're running for no i am not an expert in karate i am oh. a humble student even though I am a black oh. belt. I, all right. So, uh, okay. Also with us today, uh, fellow nerd, though younger than myself, we've got Andy still perpetrating that he's a young man sporting the Andy title. Sporting the Andy title. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Hey, guys. Thank, thank you. Joining us, Andy. No, thank you again. Appreciate it. Looking forward to talking more Karate Kid Universe. All right. Yeah, that's a man who's hyped. Right there. He's hyped. You understand that, Rons? When I say we're going to talk, we're going to get into it. That's what we're going to do. You got to get hyped. You got to get hyped there, Rons. Hi. Hi. I, I will do my I best. I start speaking in a Scottish accent, Rons. Come on. Hi. 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 That'd be... Wouldn't it be better ah. if, like, Karate Kid was done in a Scottish accent or like that? <laughs> that Daniel, son! Badass. You must avenge me. <laughs> Stop talking on me guilt. Um, also with us today is Fruit of My Loins, uh, Skyler, the Sky Boy, Sky Man, if you will now. Too big to be the Sky Boy anymore. He is the Hello. Sky Man. He wanted to with embarrassing. <laughs> yes, I have uh, given into the quarantine beard phase. Uh, haven't started making bread yet. I assume that'll come soon. Nothing wrong with that. Nope, We're going to get into all. it, by God, because this is questionably, I'm going to go ahead and dare I say it, this is questionably my favorite Karate Kid movie, Karate Kid Part 2. It, is, it is the best one. Prize is needed here. You are correct. Through the entire Karate Kid genre, all of them have their hallmark, but everybody has their favorite. It is what your favorite is to you. Is the deepest meaning to us. So carry on and praise the Karate Kid as you would. Wow. Hey, Ron, so which one is your favorite then? Ooh. You know, I like them all. Um, I like them all, <laughs> people, man. And uh, I like the, the next, next Karate Kid. I like the, yeah, pick the worst no. one, Ron. Go ahead, please. Pick the fucking worst one. I think. The first one was probably the best one for me because it gave closure, right? It really did. Because if you look at Karate Kid 2, there was an opening left, a chosen. Why are you Why are you hopping right to the ending? Yeah, the ending. Well, <laughs> you, said, problem? you said... What's my favorite? And I'm telling you, my favorite one okay, is my favorite. They all end abruptly. No, they don't. Yes, they do. 
There they is all closure. end abruptly. There is closure at the end of one. There really they is. And with Mr. Miyagi going. Uh-huh. No, no, Every I don't think that. Every movie ends the same way. Miyagi's <laughs> smiling, and it no, hands no, on him. And because then at the end of Karate Kid 1, right? Or it's Karate not Kid. Karate Kid 1! It's not fucking Karate Kid 1! It's simply the Karate Kid. The Karate, at karate the Kid I. Karate Kid. Right? <laughs> Johnny comes up and gives him the trophy saying, you're all right, Daniel. Right? Which means, guess what? I honor you. There's closure. We're cool. In Karate Kid 2, Chosen. No, hold on. Just hold on. Hold on. I'm that is on. not how it ends. All right. Explain to me how it ends. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. And then Pat Morita smiles. And yeah, that movie... is, that, yeah, it just fades to black. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> from a cinematic point of view, because we have the Skylar man here. Yeah, he's right. He's right, but there's closure. In two, Chosen is defeated, but he okay, goes well, off. Stop going to the ending. Stop talking about the ending. <laughs> All right, whatever. I, karate Kid. Like simply asked was. The Karate is Kid is my favorite so far. First one, Karate Kid one. Yes, yes, yes. The karate Kid, no more. Yeah, Roman numeral one. Yeah, you know, karate no matter kid what I episode say, one. The beat reminds me of my drill sergeant in the beat reminds me of my drill sergeant in boot camp because no matter what you said, it was wrong. No matter whether it was right or right or wrong or wrong, it was wrong. Maybe you should try being right for a change, Ron. Oh. <laughs> Ron's you were in the Air Force. If you want me to remind you of what your drill sergeant was like, here, let me give it a try. Um, hey Sunshine, did you want to come to training today? It's okay if you don't want to. Go ahead and sleep in a little bit, because it's the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like that for all the branches. Okay. Uh, okay. Why Why is... Uh, uh, we didn't ask Skyler, though, because he is not... Uh, he's younger. What, what do you think is your favorite uh, Karate Kid movie? He's on the payroll. He's going to have to say three. Well, I like the I like the second movie. I like the show a lot, like the new show. But I think as, as far as you know what movie do they actually like explore the aspects of karate and the tradition that's pretty much only the second one or at least it's majorly the second one which is why i like it so much because they actually focus on the karate and they go to okinawa and they you know talk about some of the history of you know the style that is in the movie and everything and i'm like that's that's what i like about it the most oh and from your personal training, did you see any of that in the movie? Um, it's been a while since I've actually like watched the second one. I haven't seen. I don't know. I've watched bits and pieces from the second one, but the as because our style is well, I think most styles. It talking from my very far long ago experience of karate and okinawan history from what i remember most of them did start or originated somewhere from china so i feel like there is i i'm assuming some kind of overlap because i then our style eventually also is from okinawa but i don't know if i today i don't know if i'd be able to pick out like specific things or maybe I, uh, even know they did it 
Well, it's actually really cool. If you want to see a really decent history of the martial arts, and um, if you actually go to uh, Fumio Demura's site, because um, he's trained in Shaito Ryo, Shaito Ryu, I always have a hard time saying Ryo, which just basically means school, basically. Um, he actually breaks it down pretty well and talks about how, you know, karate came from, you know, basically, like you said, it really did come from China. You know, and then Okinawa, and it actually didn't get to Japan, he said, I think for like 400 years, from Okinawa to Japan. It took like 400 years or some shit, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. So that's pretty awesome. Um, And then, of course, throughout history, there's times when Okinawa is part of Japan where it's actually its own thing or whatever. Um, So it is actually really cool. So you can actually say that you can trace everything from China. um, But if you really want to get purist about it, if you really want to think about it, China may not actually be the birthplace of martial arts, um, even though we kind of think of that as it is, because dating back farther, you can actually see in the ancient you know, writings on the pyramids, you can see that they practiced combat, which is kind of cool. So you might actually be able to trace it back even farther than that for you know, written time. But for now, we all kind of just basically say, yes, our styles came from at some point. They really came from China. Yeah, and I I think um because you know they talk about when um Japan found out that they weren't like the center of the world because they were on an island. What? And they... No. <laughs> well, you talk about like um like because of Japan's flag is you know them centralizing everything. So one specific part of the world, you know, say in China. It is realistic to think that there might be origins in other places of the world because they're all isolated from each other. But, you know, common ideas happen all the time or common situations happen all yep. the time. So it's really what is that not actual name of that theory. Uh, that theory. It's like uh, universal I, thinking or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's where some people have like two people have the same idea at the same time, but they're completely unrelated. Oh, um, uh, parallel thought something like that yeah 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 but that is but most of our it's interesting that most of our you know association with that stuff does come from asia and over in china and okinawa which like you were saying earlier okinawa's ownership has been passed around a, a vast amount of times yeah, like I said, if you really want to get a good breakdown of the history though, thank you, good old Fumio Demura, ninth dawn in Shetoro. Also uh badass in uh Kabuto, which uh the Rons loves. And Bato do. do you uh you don't do Bato Do though, Rons. When are you gonna take that up? When they offer it. Do you know what that is? No, not at all. But it's got the Shouldn't word you? do in it, so you know it's gotta be good. What is Bato Do? Yeah, uh, Way of the Sword. Oh, like uh, Aido and Kendo. Except it's, you know, generically speaking, Bajoto, you know, Way of the Sword, you know. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, listening audience. If you're just now joining us and you've never listened to the podcast before, uh, the Rons is here and he is our resident expert in karate. And that is because the <laughs> Rons is, you guessed it, a black belt. Wait for it. A black belt. Uh, Ron, so what are you like a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth don? What are you? No, no, I, <laughs> I you give I, yourself I, a tenth don because you're American because that's what they do. 
No, no. Yeah. I am the humbly a... To a red belt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am humbly a uh, Shodan, a first-degree black belt in Okinawan karate and Okinawan uh, kabuto or Okinawan weapons. Oh, I thought you were a second down in kabuto. No, no, just first-degree. Or Shodan. Are you the highest-ranking uh, kabuto practitioner in your family, though? In my family, yes. However, that is what I, I asked. Why did he restate the question? Because he's no, about no, to tell us who is above him outside of his family. No, right. And no, there's no, there no however, because it was your family. The answer is yes or yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Let me state this straight up. However, uh, if had my wife not been injured, she would be higher ranking than me. And my ah. son did not have school because he started uh, about the same time I did. He would be higher ranking than me in Kabuto as well. I think the question was. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You, uh, what does a belt do but hold up your pants? And and this brings me, I'm glad that you said that. You know why I'm glad that you said that? Because you need a belt for your pants? No, because (laughs) I have, and and I think that Andy can back me up on this. And let me also say, I don't know if you folks know this, because Andy doesn't consider it part of his identity that everybody needs to know this. But since Andy is friend of the show, did you know, Rons, that Andy... Is also a black belt. Yes, I did. But Andy is not a beginner black belt. (laughs) (laughs) What? He's not some first Don sucking at the teat of his sensei. He's not some fresh black belt. I think we've established that. What Don is he then? Is he a prima donna? He's a second (laughs) one. And uh, had COVID not hit. He would be a third Don. And what current rank are you then, Steve Matt? Yeah. Who said that I do martial arts? You did. You said you oh. were a black belt. I <laughs> uh, did? When? When did I say that? Did <laughs> I, I say listened that? to the last podcast. You said it well, last week. You yeah. had not listened to the last podcast. <laughs> um, I am also a second Don, but Andy is my senior in martial arts. I'm much older than him. <laughs> And I was honored to be at your, I think, both your tests. No one asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one cared. No one cared. But we over there. Go on. We practice jujitsu. And Ron, do you know what jujitsu means? <laughs> oh, this is a pop quiz. It means one who gets folded in their own clothes. Uh, <laughs> jujitsu is. The act of choking another person for one's own happiness. <laughs> okay. So, Rons, we invite you to come train jujitsu with us. <laughs> well, thank so you. That we may be happy. Yeah. So that we may. <laughs> I think a lot of people will be uh, happy to see me walk in on that class. Well, I, I, I know true happiness. Well, I noticed that you did not introduce my rank that I left behind, like, probably six oh. years ago at this point. I was getting to you. <laughs> uh, and for those who were listening, uh, jujitsu means gentle art. So, so you're saying gentle. my definition is, are you saying my... And this is why I say, there is a line, and I don't want to jump ahead, uh, also the Karate Kid, which is the Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan version. There is a line in that that I just absolutely love, but I always say it for my style, and where he says kung fu is everything. Uh, I always say that about jujitsu. 
I think the I think martial arts in general is everything. The way you you know open a door, yes. the way you do every so it's it's definitely a universal line that I think anybody could take from because you know everything relates to everything. If you want to be you know so bloomed about it. Oh gosh. So what rank did you leave with then, Skylar? Or are you coming back to us with that rank? I genuinely martial don't know arts. what rank I was. I think you were blue. Martial arts is lifelong is blue. lifelong learning. I had uh well I know I don't know the technical term for what I had. I was a I was a green belt, I think was the last belt I tested for. I know you and I I think or, tested for green or blue. We both tested for blue, and then uh, a few of our students. To, uh, I I made it up to green, but a few of the people that we also trained with dropped out before we, yeah, after we took blue. Yeah. So you the made furthest, it to purple. Huh? You made it to purple. I don't know. <laughs> my, belt, my belts are somewhere in here. I would. Oh, I. You made did it you to purple. It to... You were below brown. Yeah, that's I I remember because I was two full ranks away. So yes, I I did make it to purple, which okay. I I have my belts in my room somewhere. So I'll have to like actually just too small for him now. Hi y'all. <laughs> no, they'll fit. I just purple belt don't earn them. <laughs> apparently, a green belt in memory. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more like an orange belt. <laughs> orange awesome. belt with a red or two, with a red stripe. <laughs> You know, interesting little factoid. The whole belt system is pretty ridiculous in my mind. And I made that comment about why do you need a belt? It's only to hold up your pants around some tank sudo people. And they got all pissy because they just give a shit about the belt. Well, they do have, do. Um, they have more ranks of belt. Well, no. Did they have more or did they have less? Because they had other they belts. Have, they, have about the, they have about the same as standard karate. They're not like Taekwondo where they have 50 belts. Mm-hmm. Cause, so, yeah, like, cause, I have a I have a red belt in Tang Sudo, which is brown in karate. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, because I remember um, the very brief time I did also do Tang Sudo, which pretty much was just me standing around like, what are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, people, I mean, a lot of people in martial arts will get hung up on belts and stuff. And I know when I did martial arts, I was hung up on rank and I was like, okay, how, what is the furthest I can take my rank rather th than my training? But now, you know, because I am like, my mental age is like 30 to 40 years above my physical age. Now I'm just like, I'm happy to practice anything. I don't need a rank or a belt for any of it. Well, I actually like the old system. In my opinion, and I'm sure this is actually verified, um, the belt system really took off after Americans started wanting to practice martial arts. Because Americans were not cool with the original way. If if and Andy can back me up on this, our style used to only have two belts. Yes, correct. It, it had white, and it had black. Yep. Once you made it all the way through, and you became a black belt, then you were a black belt. But you, there was no belt in between. It was white to black. <clears throat> yep. And the oldest like st uh, stories we hear are is you know that your white belt got so dirty that it became black. <laughs> Yeah. Now, you guys also in your style, correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys are the experts, is that at a certain point, you guys don't get a belt rank, you get a patch. That is the actually the, one could argue in our style that it is more important to earn the patch than anything. Why is that? I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly. The patch, 
the patch to me and I'm sure our uh, our sensei would would has a maybe his own views on it but the patch to me means you have came and then kept coming back and you've finally given yourself over to the arts quote unquote um because it's not it's not always fun it's not always pleasant because it is very painful it is very difficult sometimes you'll do techniques over and over again uh Beave man and i have been doing it when we've been so pissed off that we get done we just kind of just go <sighs> all right one more time not and coming then back. We'll, <laughs> or, <laughs> not coming or, back. or we'll do six of them and then we're supposed to do 10 but we do the seventh one right when all six were bad and i'm like i'm done i'm good i want to end on a good one because i know i'm gonna mess it up again afterward but the patch is basically you sticking around long enough and showing the amount of respect to the art as well as your fellow students that you keep coming and let them practice on you and you get to practice on them that you're kind of invited into the style mm -hmm. that's good yeah the the two most important things in our style um to me is earning the mon our patch um and receiving directions on how to make the yorobo which is yes. our signature weapon that is the two most important things in our style and actually uh, to motivate uh the boy I showed him his future Uarbo. I showed <laughs> I showed him a stick, and I'm like, "Should you make it, you will get this stick to make your Uarbo with the directions to make your Uarbo." Now that's that little piece of wood you guys carry in your belt. I'm sorry, did you just call it <laughs> a little piece of wood that we? I carry did indeed. Belt? For the non-people, non-traditional practitioners of your style that don't know what you're talking uh, about. Rons, do you know what jujitsu means? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean, B-Man? Jujitsu is also known as involuntary yoga. <laughs> involuntary yoga. If I wanted in what to, way? to practice yoga under my power, basically. <laughs> basically contort your body in yoga poses it should not be in yes that is correct <laughs> yeah I, i've seen what you guys practice yeah but for our listeners out there who don't know what a yarbo is right, yarbo y'all don't know what yarbo, no, yarbo, they, yarbo. No. all they know is it's it's what you describe it as a piece of wood that you're going to give the uh the son there and then he is going to have to make you know, uh, we all know he's your kin so you're going to give him a gift and as your kin, he's going to have to make this thing out of a stick. So, well, I'm only six percent there. I don't even know if I would say six percent. Well, <laughs> it, what is it? Is it fifty or a hundred hours? Uh, There's really no set time. It's when the teacher feels you are ready to. Yeah, yeah, you could get to three hundred hours, and I could still say no. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we if we base it on you know a hundred hours, I have six hours. Oh, okay. There you go. So six <laughs> two years. <laughs> <laughs> but well, relating it back to the Karate Kid, they um, they do the same thing. Well, Mr. Miyagi does the same thing where you know Daniel's ask or they ask what Daniel's belt rank is after he's been training for you know a month and a half, and Mr. Miyagi just unfortunately for some poor soul steals somebody else's black belt and gives it to him. <laughs> So but, what you're saying then, Skylar, is after four days of training with the B-Man, you will be a black belt then. I look I forward to seeing that. 
I don't want to say that rank. I I want to be careful how I say this. I don't want to say that rank doesn't matter. I want to say rank particularly doesn't matter to me as an individual anymore. I think as long as you're training and because of, after I stopped doing karate, I wanted to keep doing martial arts and I just kind of fell out of it and I couldn't find like a new specific way to, you know, keep continuing rank or keep continuing, you know, whatever different aspects of it. So now we're at this point where I'm like, I could, you know, stay a white belt for the rest of my life and I'd be completely fine being a white belt forever in many, any martial art, as long as I just learn. I think that's what I really care about at this point. Right. Well, when I took Kung Fu a million years ago, I did not take it very long, but there's no belt system in Kung Fu. I thought, you don't, okay. you don't get a different belt. You don't get a different color. It's just, you know, you wear, everybody wears the same thing. So now, um, do you think anyway, belts, do you think belt systems are a waste of time? I just think that it's um, it's kind of a way it's 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 kind of like a little reward. I think that's why it's so Americanized. It keeps people coming so they can get the next belt. Um, but as we said, that it's really no indicator of how much you actually know anyway. Yeah. Um, because I'm a black belt doesn't mean that I can kick any ass. Black belt means I'm a good student. I I, I would agree. I, you achieved, are a good I I learned. I stuck with it. I learned. And that's what I think that each thing is now that, you know, as a second Don, it just means that, yes, I am a student, but I could also teach. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know, because of the because of the pandemic, getting off topic with a karate kid here, but because of the pandemic, we're not doing training like we normally would. We've been training outside at a distance and we mostly all we've done is work on weapons work. And so now recently, finally, I'm teaching my son. I wanted to be teaching the daughter also. So theoretically, if we never make it back into the dojo and he never goes to the dojo with me, Skylar can be trained all the way up to black belt by me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And that'll take five days. <laughs> right. Uh, well, if we do a montage. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, if we do a montage, it'll go faster. But it, it's, it's a good point because belts mean different things to different people. But there yeah. are plenty of there are plenty of people who get very very high rank and like he was saying they're just good it's the same i kind of equate it the same with you know scores and tests in school and things where you can be a really good yeah you can be a really good student because i was a fine student and i didn't have you know amazing blown out of the water grades but you still are just a fine student and you get the marks you have to and it's kind of people can do the same thing with belts they're you know, it's not somebody's place to say somebody doesn't deserve a black belt, but there are people where you look at them and you're like, mm, how did yeah, you get yeah. that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm one yeah, of those. You, go to, you can go to tournaments and see kids that are like, you know, 22 years old and they're fourth dons, fifth dons, sixth dons. You're like, what? What the fuck? What? But whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, who cares? And then you just tackle them and like, ah, I'm a white belt. <laughs> Defend yourself. Well, I've shown that before. I mean, actually, yeah, one, of, one of the kids you, that we did it with, um, very talented in Tang Sudo, um, very good, skilled, technical fighter. And I was explaining to him, I'm like, you really should come. I'm like, just come sometime to my dojo with me and um, do jujitsu with us for fun. Or I'll show you some jujitsu stuff because I'm like, you're a very good fighter. I'm like, but I'd be all over you in a second. Um, and, so, you know, and I did show him quite a lot of stuff about actual combat fighting or close quarter fighting 
because when you fight in tournaments and things like that, or you fight with people who are tournament fighters or karate and taekwondo and taekwondo, um, they hate it when you get close to them. When you get in grappling distance, they freak the fuck out. Um, or especially if you shoot off to the side of them, which is what we do in jujitsu in our style. We don't go, hey, diddle, diddle down the middle. We go to the outside. We are always on the outside of you somehow. Um, and they freak. And they're like, holy shit. And you can also do tells on them. You know, um, They do this fun thing in tournament fighting where they run at you really fast and they hit you and they run past you. Um, but you can tell when they're going to do it. And I kept telling him like, you really should watch it when you do that, even with your tournament fighting. Um, he's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. And so I could tell he was going to do it. And all I did was do one of our pivots that we do. And I took his legs out from under him and he fell chest first onto the ground. So yeah. there's, it's... there's, there's a difference, you know, there's benefits to knowing that stuff, but you actually have to know how to defend yourself for real because that high kicking long distance stuff is really pretty to watch but honestly it's once somebody gets in on you you're kind of fucked well yeah, that's you are. yeah to relate it back to the karate kid they do they do show that kind of like whole aspect and they kind of parody a little bit of the first movie when daniel's fighting chosen at the end it's a real fight and there's no rules he challenges him to a fight to the death and you know he tries to do the crank kick and he gets immediately stopped and slapped down because it wasn't going to work so that I like the second movie a lot because it delves more into I feel like the second movie, for lack of a better word, is a little more raw with its karate, where it's got, you know, the first movie has stakes, but the second movie is more like, OK, let's move. It literally is. Let's move him from a tournament setting to let's throw him in the real world and see how he fights that way, which I think hey. is really interesting. And you don't you don't see a belt system being played into it. Only when he goes to Chosen's or Sato's dojo do you see black belts, right? Mm-hmm. And the black belt, uh, the belt system was uh, founded by Doctor uh, Chigaro Kanu, who was the founder judo, of right? judo, right? Yeah. And when you take away the the meaning behind the belt, of course, you know that's stripping away why I have a belt versus the skill that you possess. That's when you really get to see it, like you said, when he's fighting Chosen. Okay, you have a black belt. This is the real world. Let's see how you play. Yeah. I, I did like that. Yeah, yes. I like I like that a lot more. I also like that the Karate Kid 2 kind of focuses more on Miyagi. They're kind of like dual leads, because in the first movie, it's all about Daniel. Like, we sh- we start with him, we, f- we follow him the whole movie, and Miyagi's there. Now, and I'm not saying part two is not about Daniel, but Miyagi is kind of the driving force behind everything that happens in part two. He has to, his dad gets, gets sick. So he has to go to, um, you know, okay. Now Daniel goes, goes with him. This grudge that Miyagi and his childhood friend have gets somehow morphed onto chosen and Daniel. So I'm just a big Miyagi fan. So therefore I like seeing him a little more front and center and kind of a little more in control. Plus you get that added bonus at the end when, or there's some good jokes along the the way, like when Daniel sees Sato chopping a, a that giant tree log, and he goes, "Can you do that?" He goes, "Don't know. I've never been attacked by a tree." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, Daniel. Well, I, never been. He's great for all the one-liners because if you think about it, okay, so Mr. Miyagi, he's not, you know, Pat Morita is not a martial artist, no. but Mr. Miyagi may have been one of the most influential martial artists. Uh, at least in America, because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that he says 
And I was busting Ron's chops about this because I'm like, your sensei says the stuff that Mr. Miyagi says all the time, but he never credits him. I'm like, <laughs> I say it. And I've said a lot of the stuff to our students also in the past. And I said, and I'll say, well, you know, Mr. Miyagi was right when he said this. Because yeah. it's true. You know, best way to defend against a punch, not be there. Yeah. You know, all these things, which is I've heard, I've heard Ron's sensei say the same shit Mr. Miyagi says. And I'm like, hey, why don't you credit where that came from, <laughs> motherfucker? But, motherfucker! But they've been doing a, they, they've been doing martial arts longer than before the karate hit came out. No, he hasn't. Your sensei has not done martial arts longer than when the Karate Kid came out. Okay, I'm trying to karate figure Kid out. Karate Kid came out in 1984. <laughs> Your sensei has not been doing martial arts since 1984. And if he was, he wasn't a black belt in 1984. I'll agree with that. I don't think I was a black belt in 84. <laughs> I definitely wasn't. Yeah, I uh, definitely wasn't either. I like I like the Karate Kid too for a couple reasons. And what are those reasons? We got a real bad guy. Chosen yeah. is the best bad guy in all the Karate Kid movies. Yep. Yes. There's not much to like about Chosen. You see Johnny. There's Johnny's cool, and you can tell that he's he's been warped by you know Crease and stuff, you know stuff like that. But. Yeah, Chosen is just flat out from the minute we meet him, he's a conniving little backstabber, and he squeezes Daniel's hand. There's no reason for him to hate him, because no. they haven't even talked yet. The only reason he hates him is because he's friends with a who he sees as a coward. Well, and, yeah, because of what Sato has poisoned him with. No, but really, though, if you're really a truly an honorable student or an uh, a true martial artist, your grudge that your sensei has does not become your grudge. And if your sensei is an honorable person, you know, and they talk about respect and honor and things, it's okay for him to have the grudge, but it's not the grudge that you would hold for somebody else's student. I don't know about that because your grudge is my grudge. Your honor is my honor, right? So mm -hmm. if someone besmirks your honor, you bespirk you. I would avenge your honor, right? So if you called someone a coward, right? Right, so Chosen should be trying to beat up Miyagi, not Daniel, because he's the one who assaulted right. Sato's honor, right? That's what you're getting at? Something like that, but uh, you're you're right, but they're also, and I agree with what you said, uh, Andy, is that they're also extensions. Chosen and uh, Daniel are, ex are extensions of Sato and Miyagi. Mm -hmm. If you watch the Kung Fu movies, right, the old school Kung Fu movies, the, the fun ones that actually come from China, <laughs> They've got Pai Mei with a really long beard or whatever. Yeah, and where the um, dubbing is so bad, their lips are still moving. On purpose. <laughs> if if the if the sensei or if the Sifu gets killed. Oh, man, I like Sifu. Or beat up, okay? It's like Andy said. His students avenge Sifu by beating up the person who did it, not by beating up their students per se. They go yeah. for the guy who wronged their Sifu. Yeah, but in that sense, though, yeah, if I want to get at you and I can't get at you right away, I'll beat the shit out of your students until you come to me. And that's exactly what Chosen was doing, right? Yeah, but again, Is, you know, again, though, um, if I go to another culture, do I think it's probably a good idea for me to immediately kind of mess with? I'm going to the birthplace <laughs> of my martial art. 
I've been doing martial arts for now. Okay, that's so not Topeka, Kansas, is it? <laughs> he he started martial arts in November. Okay, and then they go in the summer. He fought, and then he had the tournament in December, and this is presumably when he was 16. So theoretically, that would have been his what? His sophomore year in yeah. high school. He would so have. He would have been training for about two years. In karate, if he never stopped training, because clearly he's graduated high school in oh, the second. Daniel, uh, Daniel was actually uh, seventeen in the first movie. No, no, it was the seventeen. No, think about it, though, it's the seventeen. It's the eighteen and under championships. So yes. Daniel, even though they say he's seventeen, the timeline doesn't match up because he's still able to fight in the under 18 tournament in the third when movie. He, when he reprises it. So you it. see, there's a, there's a time discrepancy. That up, and do they still call it the under 18 tournament in part three? I don't recall, because I didn't watch it I recently. I don't recall either, but if they, they um, actually stuck with the timeline, it doesn't match up. It shouldn't match up. He should be well over 18 and should not be able right. to fight in that tournament. And Unless, Barnes, unless he made him 16 there. in the first movie. But he's okay, not. Yeah. I mean, he gets his license in the first movie. Right. So you're you're thinking, well, maybe he's turning 16. But if you read the synopsis of the movie, he's supposed to be playing a 17-year-old. Exactly. Who just didn't get his license for whatever reason when he was Well, you don't 16. need one. Exactly. You don't need one in Jersey. Yeah, so you're right. Because, yeah, public, yeah, public, uh, public transport and everything else. Well, yeah. apparently you also didn't need one in California either because when Miyagi tells Daniel-san to drive, he says – I don't have a license. Uh, neither does Miyagi. It okay. <laughs> you know, so apparently <laughs> I, I guess you don't need a license. It was a different right. time. It was the eighties, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which yeah. is what Daniel tells which is what Daniel tells Allie when he has her uh, drive, his his brand new birthday car. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's the eighties. It's the eighties. Well so anyway, back to back know, to part two, the best movie of the bunch. Yeah. So <laughs> I think though that if I went to Okinawa, let's just say that, uh, if I went to Okinawa I'm not going to go mess with someone who's um, belted in our style. Let's just say. But this is Chances also are the, good that well, I would get my taint handed to me. This is also the same guy who, after the drama was a few weeks behind him, then decided to mess with Johnny Lawrence in the bathroom for no particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're saying that he's not that smart. What we're saying, Daniel is a nice, uh, yeah, a super nice kid, but. Pretty pretty dumb in terms of uh, he's he's misguided. Yeah, he probably isn't making the best decisions. Plus, you have well, to Ron's think. Would do it. <laughs> well, plus you have to think <laughs> that maybe after he wins the tournament and he keeps training with Miyagi, because I'm assuming if you look at I'm assuming if you go by timelines, maybe you know, because I think he goes on summer vacation to Okinawa with Miyagi. So one would probably assume if they screwed up the timeline that he goes immediately after following the spring or the winter when the tournament happened. So he's only probably realistically been training for less than a year, yep, but he yeah. won the tournament. So you would assume his ego is probably also sky high through the roof because, you know, he goes and he wins this tournament with honestly very little training. So it's not far fetched to think he might, you know, start picking fights and going kind of in on whatever he can find. Yeah, I think well, he definitely right. makes bad decisions yeah. in the second movie. Well, the timeline, like you said, is skewed because if he goes 
what you know the money that he gets is for starting college in the and usually college starts in the fall so mm-hmm. he's leaving during the summer and when was the tournament i mean you're right it's like well what have you done after the tournament Oh, you're ready for Okinawa. Yeah, I think you're ready to take out the badass over there. Let's go. Well, see, I don't think that Johnny's a senior in the first movie. They don't say that Daniel's a senior. Yeah. No. So I don't think Daniel's a senior in the first movie. I think I'm assuming he's a not. junior. I'm assuming yeah. he's a junior. Possibly, but and if he you fights look, in the under yeah. 18. Yep. But if you look, part, you know. Part uh, part one ends and then part two starts. I know we're not saying part. We're just saying part one right now to save time, so I don't have to say Karate Kid. Yeah, I don't want to yell that like the runs. <laughs> uh, but this, so that ends, and because this one starts with him limping out of the uh, the shower, which I was just reading, and apparently that's how the first movie was going to 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 end with that scene with them outside and. Um, crease punching the windows that's how the first movie was going to end which i think is a Shit, pretty dumb way. Damn. right yeah well yeah we didn't even talk about it which i think is a dumb way for i'm glad they didn't end it that way yeah yeah so then that in turn happens and then it says three or four or six you know six months later because as you mentioned they just got done with uh, prom which is usually a may thing mm-hmm. and you know he wants to go with him and miyagi says no that money is for college he goes i can get a a a job and go six months later so i think daniel was a junior you're right and then that year because johnny would have graduated and then daniel was a senior or he had or he that's why he was so pissed in the first movie he had to transfer as an actual senior which would suck riding your bike to school (laughs) (laughs) when all these other kids have like yeah i i think that there just wasn't honestly i think that there just wasn't any planning and it's just one of those things that they're like we'll just go along with the story nobody's gonna really think about it exactly until Um, about 30 years years later when poor assholes are talking about it online (laughs) (laughs) exactly sounds good to me yep yeah i if i if we if you tried to match up the timeline personally i would say that my guess would be that daniel was actually a junior johnny was a senior agreed that's how I. That's what I would think. Yeah, because that and then makes that sense. gives him an entire year of training in karate before he goes to Okinawa. So okay, basically, a year and a half worth of training before he ever goes to Okinawa, and maybe that's why he thinks he actually knows something more than he knows. Yes, and I think that is also the reason I like this movie so much is just the change of scenery from, you know, California to Okinawa. It's just, and you get to walk down these like streets, and Danielson seeing the remnants of this old war in this town that has literally time has forgotten. It's just a pretty cool juxtaposition to the first, the first movie, which is all palm trees and blondes and stuff like that. So, yeah. And it does the, it does the fish out of water concept really well too. Cause you're like, Daniel is experiencing everything with the audience. So it's a lot more inviting than the first one where it's like, you, Mm -hmm. you've seen California now see kids doing karate in California. (laughs) (laughs) And it it also makes sense because when I was watching it more recently, I was like, you know, everybody speaks English there. (laughs) But I I was just going to bring that up. It does make make sense because the actual military base has been there for so many years. Exactly. Because we had Okinawa next to a military base. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. But here's what gets me, right? Because when they're in a town, right? BD Wong who is a character actor, but goes on later to uh, do Law and Order and comes up to him 
and it speaks directly to what's your name, Kumi, Kumiko, Kumiko? Yeah, right? Yeah. In English, not Japanese, straight away. It's like, hey, there's a dance. Would you mm-hmm. like to come? You know, and you think if you're going to talk to another person from Japan in Okinawa, you speak directly to them and their native language. But he goes, and bring your friend here too. And there is no hint of a Okinawan or Japanese accent there. It's like, yeah, it's not a script. That's for us, the script. Because it's one of those things where, you know, they kind of hope you won't think, but like there is. (laughs) <laughs> well, because there is history supporting yeah. it because we had control of Okinawa for so long and then we Americanized so many aspects of the island that it's not, you know, outlandish to think that people would be speaking really clear English. But that's also something that they never I mean, they touch on the military base like a very tiny, tiny bit when they first arrive there and then they don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was state my first duty station was in Germany and a lot of people spoke English. Well, German, and they take well, it from a very young age in school. So yeah, you know. it's a second language over there. But most uh, Japanese, you mean as opposed to their native language? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't any language be a second language over if it's yeah, not German? Yeah, yeah. Well, Germany? I was over the Netherlands, right? And English was a second language. But over there, if you got more into the deeper aspects or regions, they didn't speak English. And I figured you're right with the American influence in the Oaken. Uh, of the American base there. But when directly Thanks speaking, for clarifying that. Oh, you're welcome. That's why I'm here, because you said I was an expert. So, but if you're uh, talking... And to karate. Somebody, not about culture. <laughs> well, but when you're talking to somebody like uh, from that country, uh, language to language, it wouldn't switch. And yes, it moves the story along. It does. So, yeah, I, as, we're not supposed to know about that. <laughs> or not uh so daniel runs off to check out the uh the academy uh, the the karate school did you school. notice now this is now here we go guys this is where i'm going to defer to ron's expertise ron yes sir daniel runs over to check out sato's school sato Hi. is trained in miyagi do he was trained Hi. by miyagi's father therefore Hi. he knows the style that miyagi knows Hey. And he is teaching those students presumably the same thing. Why would he teach anything else, right? What is your question, Bishan? My question is this. This is where we get a picture of what Miyagi-Do actually is. What was the symbol on their dogi, Rons? What school was it? Oh, you ask good question. So you let me know. counter. Resist. Let's resist. <laughs> Why I look it up online and distract you. <laughs> I don't know. Actually... You know that that's, that's interesting that you would notice. I thought you would notice it. I Andy, I can recall the the image, but I'm drawing a blank. To be honest with you, man, it is the common symbol of Gojo Ru. Ah, oh, okay, okay. That's what theirs is yellow. The 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 kind of the straight up fist. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Um, oh, that the is, symbol. Oh, yeah. 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 Symbol. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what's on there. That's what's on their dogies. I thought that was Black Lives Matter. How oh, wrong boy. I've been. The fist is yellow, Ron. How'd you confuse oh. that one? Colorblind. <laughs> yellow lives better. <laughs> oh, we're going uh, to hell for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, these, are, these are fun things that you find out later on. It's just really cool. 
Yes. So I'm guessing that that's actually, that's a nod. As you go through, you're like, oh, here's nods to this. So Miyagi-Do karate probably is, one could argue is probably, we know it's made up. It's not a real martial art. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we wanted to, uh, if we wanted to find some kind of, I would say that that's probably what we, we got to go with. We got to say that Miyagi-Do probably is Gojo-Ru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stems from. Even though we know that Mr. Miyagi, the actual character himself, is actually Fumio Demura. That character is based on him. Mm. And okay. was actually, they actually asked him to play that character, but he turned it down. Mm. So instead he does the uh, stunt doubling for uh, Pat Morita. But he's a Shitoru guy. Shitoru. Karate. But uh, uh, speaking of, uh, what I always like to find out, um, who actually knew martial arts in the second Karate Kid movie? I defer back. Uh, Ralph Macchio? Not then, not ever. Um, nope. all knows. <laughs> Pat Morita? Still no. Nope. That brings us to Chosen. Nope. No. Because I don't Anyone? think so. Ron no, Thomas. I, if I had to pick one person, probably maybe Chosen. I would actually pick uh, uh, Kumiko. I bet she's the only martial artist out of everybody. <laughs> um, you right. I didn't actually look her up. But, uh, no, uh, Chosen actually was a martial artist when he started oh, really? that movie. He started uh, training at the age of 13 in Chitoru Karate. Oh, um, he also trained in Shotokan, Kajokenbo, and Judo. And he was, at the filming, at the time of filming The Karate Kid, he was a brown belt in karate. Interesting. Right. But so was Ron Thomas. He has one of the Cobra Kai's in the background. The second <laughs> black belt in jujitsu. We're on to part two now, Ron. Yeah, but he was in part two in the beginning of the scenes. Nobody the gives a fuck about <laughs> minor character. Hey, hey, hey. You Keep asked the question. Up. I answered it. You're talking about it. 30 seconds of the first movie of a minor character that nobody gives a shit about. Which, thanks oh. to Andy, we now know was pretty much just how they were going to end the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a little fun fact, though, um, about Yuji Okamoto, Okamoto, who plays Chosen. Um, speaking of when I was in Seattle, if I would have known this, when I was in Seattle, he's got a restaurant there called Kona Kitchen. It's Ooh. a Hawaiian-themed restaurant. I totally would have gone there and done some fan service and met him. That would have been awesome. Whoa, he has he has been in over 96 movies. Wow. Yeah, and apparently he had a TV series on... Uh, some network. Oh uh, yeah, it's on some yeah. network. I can't think of that network. It was called Katana back in like 2009. It was one of those offshoot networks. And I can't think of what it was. Um, oh, I see it right I, here, Katana. Oh, look at that. You're right. In the darkness of the Yakuza underworld, it it, it just doesn't say what channel it was on. Now I wish I would have known. Like oh, Strike man. TV or something like that. Like or? Spike. Oh yeah, no. Maybe, you are maybe. you are. You are correct. There is a news article from January 2009. Katana Slices Dices premieres on Strike TV. It sounds awesome. I kind of want to watch it now. I, I do, too. I want to watch it, too. Well, yes. I want to see it. Because, you know what? And I was saying this when I was watching this show with a boy, because Daniel is so short, you know? But And I was like, so is Chosen short? But But apparently he's not. He's really freaking tall. He so looks. I don't know how, they, how did they make Daniel so freaking tall? And Chosen's even wearing tall shoes in the movie. So how yeah. did they make Daniel look so damn tall? Chosen is six foot. So they probably used um, 
He's actually six feet and a half inches, so they're no, probably using uh, platforms. They what they uh, do? To what I have, he's six foot five. No, that's okay. Terry Silver. Uh, no, you're right. Chosen is like six foot. Yeah, because so how yeah, did Daniel, they made Daniel look so damn tall. Right. It actually says here that Ralph Macchio is five feet nine. Wow. Yeah. Typically, depend. It depends on, I guess, if you had to talk about it from a technical standpoint, it depends yes, on what. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, but it depends on what the scene entails. Um, a lot of times, if you're trying to make an actor look taller, they have these things that they use in movies called apple boxes. So they have them going and all the box jeans. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they have them going from um, they. There's basically four levels. There's a quarter. There's a what is there like a wedge and like oh there's a quarter a pancake and etc cetera, etc cetera, all the way until like a really tall apple box like the size of an apple box all the way up to tom cruise <laughs> they have to yeah. put him up <laughs> and that that's what they do they Running. stack they, <laughs> well that's why i was saying it depends on the scene because if you're doing um like movement scenes like how they had to do a lot of movement scenes it might be different but if you're doing like scenes where you're just doing talking and you're doing things where they're mostly stationary or they're walking very set what you would do for Ralph Macchio, because he's literally the star of your movie, is you'll put apple boxes on the ground where he has to walk, or you make like little tiny platforms, and you essentially just uh. get him up higher than the other actors. Sort of like a Muppet show where they got the Muppets, uh, they got a platform in, they got the Muppets up there, so the actor looks like the, the Muppets, and the actor is the same height. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. It, you didn't. It was kind of weird how you said it, but I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, okay, so I, I understand what you're saying. So that but if you watch the movie, though, this is what I thought was weird. If because Chosen's so tall and and uh, Ralph Macchio's not the, the, in a lot of the scenes, Chosen is wearing tall shoes. Like, wouldn't it have made sense for him not to wear tall shoes? Well, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, dress shoes in the 80s with a big, big ass heel on them that makes him another half an inch taller. Easy, aren't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Daniel is always wearing his low top like Nikes. <laughs> yeah. Or but like they could the also be padded too. The that he has in, in part two. <laughs> but they could also be padded so we won't see that it's giving off extra height to him. And also, when they're doing the fight scene, and I'll look at it closely again, is that if that's if it's at an angle, like in Bloodsport, when they bring up the uh, sides, so it makes one side look taller than the other. Like uh, our resident expert uh, filmographer said, pancaking yeah. so in the you, apple boxes. You wanted to give us a different perspective on what he already said. Yeah, I did. I just wanted well, to be important. To go along with it, though, you would also, it depends on where you would place the camera, but you could use, like, what they do a lot of times it's i failed to bring to mind an example but they do it a lot where they force perspective where you would just oh, place daniel closer yeah they do a lot in there where the, like the, um when they had like um what was it they had like gandalf further away from everybody else and everybody else that was shorter closer to the camera or vice versa you basically just stage your actors how close and far away from the camera you want it to be so if ralph macchio is going to be closer to the camera you're probably going to want chosen further away, so they at least it forces it to look like they're almost similar height. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes on to my uh, the last ones here. Um, Sato, I couldn't find any information whatsoever that he was a martial artist anywhere. I don't think. He, 
I, I I saw him. I was watching a movie, and he showed up in it, and I was like, "Holy crap, it's Sato!" And he has a completely different voice. I was so upset. <laughs> I was so irritated. Yeah, he's uh, he's Hawaiian. Yeah. He's Hawaiian. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, he was in. He was on like episodes of Magnum PI and <laughs> Sanford that, but... Son. He was on Sanford Son. Uh, fun fact on that one: Sanford Son. Sanford and Son, Pat Morita and Danny Kamakana were on Sanford and Son together. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't find anything at all saying he was a martial artist whatsoever. Right. I'm assuming he's probably not, especially if he's Hawaiian. You could probably just get away with not having to do the martial arts. I mean, I guess, but, you know, Hawaiians are pretty... Uh, uh, Kenpo comes from... Yeah. Kenpo's kind of big in Hawaii. Very, yes, very big in so, Hawaii. That's judo is too, I think, isn't it? Judo is kind of, but then again, it kind of yeah. went to a lot of different places. But right, uh, but Sato's I know Sato is one of my favorite characters in the movie. Like he, his, unlike Crease, where Crease is just a complete dick because he's, you know, which when you watch Cobra Kai, you find out a little more reasons why. Which I really like that aspect of the show eventually. But Sato is an honorable person in the fact that sure he's going about it the wrong way, but he's not a complete dick. Like, you know, crease is like, like chosen is well taught and he's now training military U S death squads while they're there. Like, (laughs) and you know, Sato's felt Sato felt wrong. He was supposed to marry, um, uh, uh, Yuki a and Miyagi makes this big boast and then leaves. And, you know, he's got to deal with this for years and years and years and years. Right. Yeah, but he also punishes the town for that dishonor. Instead of punishing the person, he punishes the entire town, and that's dishonorable. Right? But he did it to try to get Miyagi to come back. But that's still right. dishonorable. You know, I would say, yes, but the actual person himself is, you know, that's another fault of a not of a an honorable person who's trying to be too honorable. So if that makes sense, because he's taking his honor so seriously that he's not thinking about the consequence. He's not outright doing that to the town to be a, just to be a dick. He's clearly not. Because as soon as he sees the error in his, his ways, he brings in his own stuff to, and he gives the key to the town back over. He was just misguided and angry. We've all got that, but that to me still doesn't make him the same as crease from the first movie crease is just outright right. to dick. He, he's a dick he trains people as a dick he treats his students as dicks like he's just he's, he's you know so yeah, i just I like mean, you're that. excessively when when they show those scenes of him excessively doing stuff to his students i'm like what benefit do you have as an adult man i mean that's what i break it down to i'm like as an adult man why would i be punching little kids because that's what he's doing he's beating on little kids i'm like okay you're that doesn't you're not training them any, you're not teaching them anything. Well, they right. fly that much farther in the air when you hit them. <laughs> right? You know, they they really get that good, you know, yeah. No, I understand where that's going. But no, uh, the second karate kid is cool because it it um makes everything fantasy based or romantic based like you said because you look at it and you go, "Oh, to them, you know, there's little scenes where Mr. Miyagi's like, you know, Daniel-san, here respect is everything." You know, you know, stuff like that that's really important when you see, you know, your honor is everything, respect is everything. Um, you know, and Miyagi obviously felt guilty about what he did. You know, the funny thing that I thought about this movie, and I thought it was funny watching it years and years ago, and now I still think it's funny, is when he's like, uh, Yuki, why you no marry? 
You know, <laughs> he's all happy that she never got married. I'm like, that's a dick move. You're happy that she never got married. Right. You went well, off and got married. Why she couldn't get married? Oh, yeah. yeah and true. we didn't even talk about that from the first movie is the fact that you find out that really his his wife and child died in a, you know, internment camp, essentially. Right. Which yeah. is a terrible moment. I mean, and and then he gets to do that. Also, but then you see this. Yeah, you're you're right. He's he's <laughs> like, oh, you never really you never married. I guess we can start hooking up again. But it was one yeah, of those first right, because so what you're saying is. Yeah, when he came to America, he's like, "Well, that was my old life. Let's hook up over here now." So, yeah, yeah, he's like, "Oh, he's like, so you're saying nobody's hit that?" <laughs> um, all right. Back to <laughs> back to some other reasons why this movie so is my favorite. The soundtrack from the very start, it's a lot darker. It's a lot deeper. You know, it's just it's it it plays into the movie and the overall theme more. And uh, I think my absolute favorite Miyagi line is when. He's trying to sleep when they're flying, and Danielson is keeps you know he's he's reading and he keeps bugging him with all these questions. He's like, maybe you go to sleep and tomorrow, Tommy Village be there. And then mm-hmm. he's just trying to go to sleep, and Daniel just looks. He goes, if you would have fought, would your dad have you know uh, uh, refereed? And he's just like, I'm just trying to sleep, kid. He's just, but yeah, he's the, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, but the absolute best line that sells how what the actual stakes of this movie are when he goes, you know, he goes well. If there's no referee, how do you know who wins? And Miyagi simply goes, the one who dead doesn't. I was just like, wow, <laughs> sheesh. Okay, this is pretty legit. <laughs> this is, we're not just talking about points here. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you know, did you see the... Well, there were a couple of things that I caught wrong, but the one that glares out the most is... Did you see the weapon that uh, Sato used? Right? He uses two weapons in the, in the movie. One he uses a nunti, a fisherman spear, which I was trained in. So that was pretty Whoa, accurate. Now we're going to get to it. Right? Chosen, what? you're actually talking about? Chosen? Yeah, Cho- Chosen uses the nunti. He goes, did your master train you in using the spear? He goes, no. Then maybe I teach you. And I saw the aspect of that. But there's a second weapon he uses that I don't think was indigenous to the culture. Do you know what it was? A rag? No. Daniel punched Nuts, nuts. No, no, no. That actually is a quite good move. I like that. It's, one. It's, yeah, probably the best best move Daniel does in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the Are you talking knife. about the, um, the butterfly Bali knife. song? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's called a Bali song. A butterfly yeah. knife or a Bali song. It depends on where you're at in the world. Right. But yeah, because that was a, right. that was a native the to den. the beaver den. <laughs> yeah. That was a native to the Okinawan uh, culture. Right. <clears throat> and when I saw him flipping around, I'm like, I know that weapon. That's not in Japanese culture. At least I don't think it is. That's more, uh, I think, Filipino, if anything. So what you're going to say is you're saying that it's not a Japanese weapon, but you can't say where it came from. I could look it up. I'm going to say China. Okay, fair enough. But I think you're wrong. I don't know, though. I don't really think it matters because that's like saying you can't appropriate another weapon to learn a different weapon. I didn't say that. It's just that if you're to Okinawan traditions to what the Skylar man said is that you're using Japanese culture to show the origin of karate, the origin of the bone dance that they're doing and everything. He also doesn't use the but he also doesn't use that knife as a weapon anyway. He just throws it away. Oh, he uses it as a weapon against uh, the throat. Right. To force. He doesn't use it as a weapon. He just throws it away. He uses it. 
What is your definition of using a weapon? He doesn't even use it. I guess. I guess he draws no blood. He threatens with it. it. He threatens with it. it, I guess that would be my the intent of what I'm saying, because he actually uses the he uses it as a weapon to draw Daniel in, and then he throws it away. You're right. So. Uh huh. I would say by the 80s, I think that knife was pretty universally worldwide. But you are right. They could have had him use an actual, like, you know, wakasashi or something more. He pulls, a giant, sign out. He pulls a giant sword out and holds Kumiko throw with it. <laughs> Check this out. Um, so. Well, I mean, if you really wanted to get down to it, if you want to be a total purist, he would have used no weapons at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it actually originated in the Philippines. Right. It's a balasong, also known as a fan knife, a butterfly knife, or Batanga's knife. So yeah. yeah. So I, I was just surprised that he that, you know, because they were so hyped on the Japanese culture and the Japanese way of doing things, right? In fact, when you look at uh, Miyagi's was dojo, he, right? Or was he more into the uh, Okinawan culture? Yeah. Well, when you're at Miyagi's dojo. Right, you look in. They've got a lot of Okinawan weapons on the wall. So, I don't, I didn't see the uh, ballet song or the butterfly knife on there at all. Maybe what that plays plays into is the fact that Chosen's now lost his way and he's not focusing on the core Okinawan traditions. And it's just a hell of a lot flashier to do that. Goes next. <laughs> oh, and it's more common at that time frame. That is a more common weapon for somebody yeah. to carry or whip out. Yeah, I was gonna I say the be. the time frame where it's set, it does it makes sense from like just a perspective of it being like that is a common thing to happen in that time. But it definitely is like not a traditional, you know, right. weapon that they probably would have on them just in general, unless you were, you know, part of the youth who would take in more of different cultures living on Okinawa. Exactly. I remember I was in Europe. I had two of them, so that's why I know. So <laughs> that wasn't. I was uh, just gonna say, who here has had one? I've and had. Who here actually knows how to flip it out and do the cool little flips with it? I do. I do. I used to. Uh, you can ask Gary. I used to carry around a couple. Why would <laughs> I? What, I don't believe you. I yeah. To, I. You were such a nerd that I assumed that you did have one. <laughs> yeah. I've got an actual light training one that you can flip around, and I've flipped around that before. So, uh-huh. yeah, the, I had an actual real one that I got from a Filipino, actually. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, because he broke my buck knife throwing it. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so he gave you. And, uh, so he's like, "Dude, I'm sorry, I broke your knife." I'm like, "No, it's cool." He's like, "Here, take my take my Bali song." I'm like, "All right, whatever." Thanks. And then you started coming around like, "Wow, this is pretty sweet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just can't throw it. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, depending. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. No, great. Uh, awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, still my favorite one. Uh, Easily. But what's you know, I, what what's the uh, I'm trying to think of the flaws on it. Um, no, I liked it because again, simple movements, um, direct and to the point. No glory hounding. No, there's no like move that you're watch that they do that you're just like, oh, that's just super cool. He did some awesome whatever flip or whatever. Um, no, he just went for pure, destructive, um, straight-up karate moves. And that's the difference, I think, again, too, when you look from a martial arts perspective, 
Um, and you can show that. I'll talk about it later on in the other movies. But this is true karate. Karate mm-hmm. is not sitting there kicking at these high head kicks and all this other shit. Um, right. Still straight through the opponent right that's right in front of you. Um, power moves are, you know, redirecting the person. But basically, that's what karate is. Straight direct to the point. Not doesn't need to be. If you get hit, um, and I was actually talking with my uh, one of my former teachers earlier. We were talking about Tang Soo Do, and it's um, evolving over time. Uh, he asked me a question about Kyokushin karate uh, practitioners. He's like, have you ever seen them? I'm like, yeah, I know for a fact if you get hit by one, you're fucking toast. <laughs> uh, uh, because basically the best thing that you can do with them, go, those guys, as in general, the rule is don't get hit in the first place. You get hit by one of those in the solar plexus, prepare to throw up. Did uh, you ever see the series? Practice, I'm talking. Because yeah, they practice hitting fucking trees. They just practice punching. Punching, punching, punching. They can kick, yes. Did um, you ever sure. see the series that uh, the uh, there's a guy that goes and trains seven days with different Fight styles? Club. Yes. Yeah. Fight Club, yeah. 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 And he trains with the Koshikins, and they beat the shit out of trees. Kyokushin. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm That's okay. I just, you know, I just want your, you know, your expertise to come over to words too, not just black belt. <laughs> oh, oh, way to go, Andy! You're fitting it just perfect here. But yeah, they they actually uh, they show him scoring up, and he gets his bell rung within the first two seconds of the fight because this guy throws a kick right to his head. <laughs> I mean, you're right. If you get hit, you're gonna get your bell rung hard. Yeah, yeah there's, and, that's true power. I mean, I would consider that. I mean, they might say that they've got part of a hard, a soft style to them, but that's a pretty hard style. Super hard pretty style. Hard. Yeah, I mean, part of your part of your training is just standing there with your arms up, and they punch you in the gut. Yeah, these are real punches. Not like style. the punches. They, yeah, okay. I was just gonna give you the benefit of the doubt until you said that. You guys punch like little pussies. I could take any of your punches all fucking day long. <laughs> No, I was going to say we get punched in the stomach. Yeah, little pussy punch. I Every time you guys do that, do you remember that one time I was like, why don't you guys come over here and let me do it? Or I'll do it. <laughs> See how many of you stand there while I do it. I guarantee I'd drop you motherfuckers with one fucking punch. Oh, are you talking about well, one note? Their punches stop where it hits the person. We don't punch like that. Ron, are, are you referencing when they would do it when you're training in like kata to test your kata stance? Yeah, it's called sanchin testing. You're you're exactly right. Right? Yeah, depending I, I mean depending on who cuz like if um Shihan would do it at least, you know, they do it varying based on your belt level if exactly, I remember yeah. correctly. Shihan would usually not pull any punches, but a few other people would be like I know, especially if I was doing it, I would not hit. I would, I'd be like, I don't really want to hit you right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I remember you. Uh, I, I think I remember you having me, te- uh, you testing somebody or that. You, you always had this look like, I'm sorry, I have to hit you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I still want to be your friend. Please, please okay, don't well, let, cry. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this question, then, Skyler. Um. Now I have not hit you for real. But I did no, show no, you. you don't want to admit that on air. Well, I, we were training. Uh, what was it? We were training last week. I think mm-hmm. it was. And I showed you sort of. And I didn't show you the true uh, secrets yet because I don't want to hit you hard. 
I showed I you how we punch. I showed you basically how we drop our weight and punch through something. Yeah. How does that compare to how you were hit in karate? The when back when we well back when I did karate, they focus a little bit on doing your well, I don't remember if we do it for punches as much, but when striking, they definitely, you know, enforce to use your hips for momentum and use that in movement. But I don't remember off the top of my head if we incorporate dropping weight because I know you guys do, and it's a whole different ball game. Like it's a whole nother level to because they teach you to strike through in karate. They teach you to strike through what you're aiming at, just like you guys do in jujitsu. But like the dropping the weight, it's like you know, we are about it. We'll punch through somebody. <laughs> just to, you know. right. Yeah, but the the dropping the weight is like a whole other level that I don't really remember. You know, if karate does it, it might have. It's probably not something I was doing actively when I was learning. But it's like a whole. It adds just a whole extra thing to it, and with that momentum and going forward. Now I gave you maybe like maybe forty percent power, which is too much. Well, too much. <laughs> Now you hit me. How much did I move when you hit me? Uh, probably not very much, right? <laughs> no, you know, I didn't really not move much. very much. And <laughs> I hit you at like forty percent. How much did I move you? Uh, a lot, because <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> but back to what Skylar said, right? When we're testing, we tested different belt levels. We currently have one person right now. If we were to hit him, just like you exactly said, right? And at his belt level, this kid would double over in pain. I mean, he would just cry, right? When you got to Skyler's level and my level, yeah, all right, I can understand that if you try to hit us. And yeah, you know, they're a, they over. were a little harder as we, you know, when we got up to like our purple belt test and stuff. Like it was definitely noticeably different. Yeah. So you build up well, that. Let me, I'll tell you a story then. Uh, let me tell you a story then. Uh, let me ask okay. you this question, okay. Andy. As, as my senior, um, do we hit people less based on what rank they are? Um, no, I, I actually seem to remember, I think you were brown belt maybe test or getting ready for your black belt. And remember, I just had like the best shooto chop to your side I've ever done. And it went right through and down and you kind of dropped to one knee and you were like, holy shit. And I yeah. just felt great. But we've all had that where you, you know, but. We we tend to take it a little bit easy on newer students because we want them to come back. But <laughs> you know, but if if I'm gonna square off and John and I are working, or sorry, if the beef man and I are working together, we we hit them. And I I make sure if they're brand new, I give them a little bit so they know that hey, we're not here to pussyfoot around. Watch, you know, that's just because our we have a different focus on it than karate does. At least yeah. at our 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 dojo i've seen and i've been hit by shihan and he drops weight he just doesn't focus on it because he's trying to get 30 kids to to punch and do it in unison and stuff like that so you know he's got a different mindset of what he's trying to in turn teach and i think a lot of his students like rons and tim and smart people they pick stuff up by watching him more than what he actually says um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I've never liked about certain styles. Um, there, you can tell that they're taught um, basically to teach a lot of people, um, and then once you make it to a certain point, then you actually start to learn the real stuff, um, which we don't do that. 
Um, we teach you stuff. Um, and we're like, well, if they stay, they'd say they don't, you know, whatever, you know, you kind of see who you're wasting your time on, but we don't really change anything. We teach everybody the same stuff and if they stick with it, they stick with it. They don't, they don't, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. we don't really do that. Uh, my whole point being is that, uh, if you get punched by a Kyokushin karate person, it's a lot different than getting punched by someone who is trained in, um, Kobo Yu. Um, and you can see that with some of the other, I went to a dojo in Arizona. That's a Kenpo dojo. Um, I went there and trained with those guys and they, make Kenpo, some contact. <laughs> and they make contact. Um, and I was, they had me training with like a second or third degree black belt, whatever. And he did that where they hit you like a bunch of times. Um, he hit me a bunch of times, but it didn't feel like anything because I'm used to being punched by our people. Mm-hmm. And he hit me a bunch of times and didn't drop me. And I just looked at him like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I just closed distance and I was on top of him, like in grappling distance. And he's like, oh, shit. It's like, oh, okay. You know, he's like, what? you didn't even flinch when I hit you. I'm like, what? I didn't even notice you hit me. However, you've been conditioned. I mean, back to what Skyler said is that, you know, and what Andy said, day one or, you know, the first couple of weeks, right, we can't pound on somebody because we definitely want them to come back. If all well, we, we don't did, care uh, if you might Yeah, come. yeah. But if all we did was just, you know, hey. We you know, know if you're going to stick around or not. If you step onto the floor, right, and you're fresh meat and all you do is you, you know, you want to learn. But if all you do is get your ass kicked, you're not going to do anything. And it's not really going to prepare you for the real life if you're going to try and use this. You've got to build up some conditioning towards it. And when Miyagi told Danielson, this not tournament, this is for real, he had probably built up enough tolerance and stamina to fight Chosen at the end to pull through the pain. Because you could see... Not really. You see that he gets the... He can't take a punch. Yeah, but he could pull through that pain, though. He may not be able to take a punch. Oh, he was the star. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, that changes everything right there. Yeah. Well, I think it's very indicative of what the different styles kind of are like because, you know, you're talking about conditioning. Conditioning in jiu-jitsu and conditioning in karate are very different because even, like, the very light conditioning that we've done just here at home as a new student, you know, very different from what conditioning might look like in karate as a new student. Because karate, when you first started out, is, sure, there might be some, like, slight annoyance or pain just because you're not used to you know if you're starting completely fresh you're not used to any of that stuff but then like jujitsu i know that like if if you ever glance off the mat and you see people doing over there like it's their first class you're like oh yeah those guys are in a pain (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it looks fake that's the thing is you know it looks like magic because you know you're touching somebody and they fall no, yeah, I, I don't but think that's it's because, magic. No, if you if you were outside looking in, if you're a third person, if you didn't know anything that we did, if you watch it, it looks fake, doesn't it, Andy? Sometimes, yeah. You can you can look over and you see parents whose kids are being are in, you know, um karate and they watch us and they just kind of look at you like what even happened out there? Yes, cuz I'll have our first uh, first principal wrist lock. When somebody new comes in, 
Beaverman and I can just basically grab their hand and their wrist before we even put it on and they're already tapping because we're grabbing their wrist like they haven't been grabbed before. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Well, you, what are just your look. Black, yeah. What are your black belts really impressed me? Uh, she came up for a seminar years and years ago. She was a small little woman and she put her feet on somebody's chest and rolled them. Oh, yeah, that would have been. I think that was Amy because she's she's one of the black belts. And then the other one may have been um morton's wife she's uh was it was she elderly or was she younger i think she was younger i i can't remember all i remember is watching her put the guy you know she I, she rolled the guy it was so impressive right that would have been, that that would have been amy because she was the only black belt at that time yeah and i've seen your tests and i've seen uh the i i don't i think it was your test or somebody else's test i saw and who, who your grandmaster came up? I can't think of his name, right? Because it's none oh. of your fucking business. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the thing is about the conditioning was during the test, right? He says, oh, this is how you do your barrel roll, right? That's how you, you know, because it was, uh, for, and I, I'm, I'm skewing the term, though, but it's like. No, it, it we call them barrel rolls. Ba okay, barrel rolls, because he had a, the, the person had to be bent over and the other person had to roll over him. He says, that's how, you know, he's like do you know what you're doing? He's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm doing this motion. He says, good. I'd like to see 10 more done correctly now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, wow. Because you could just see the sweat dripping off this guy's face. And it's like, but he was being conditioned as well as he was conditioned to take it and push himself even further. Like in the final scene. Mm -hmm. So. I don't think so. I feel like that Daniel is, even though it's my favorite, and this is why I like chosen as a good, bad guy is because Daniel was completely unprepared for that fight, and he won that fight out of pure luck and bullshit. <laughs> Which is how most fights go. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, totally lucky. Uh, and again, though, this is why I like the fight scenes in the first two. Actually, let me say the first three movies, um, even though I don't like the third movie. Is because these are actual, even though th there's very little flashiness, um, there's just, it's straight, if you get hit, if you honestly get hit, if you actually get punched, it sucks. Yes, for yeah. everybody, whether you're black belt, white belt, green belt, camo belt, getting punched camo sucks. Belt, yeah. <laughs> yes. It sucks. Most fights do not last that long. They no, just don't. you will be tired because punching you start holding holding your your breath when you know you should be breathing. You just get worn out by doing things because your body is in a ramped up state. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, one thing to tie back what you said earlier, uh, Beaverman, was I do like the fact that the most flashiest kick Chosen does is when he does that jumping sidekick and he kicks part of that uh, oh, lion. Oh, but, oh, yeah, the, the statue. Had, but had he actually landed, he would have hit Daniel right in the actual like solar plexus. He wasn't kicking at his head. He just did a jumping sidekick, and that's the most flashiest move we've gotten in the whole fight. And I like that it's yep. more grounded and it's more, you know, traditional style kicking. Like when he does a spinning back kick, it's a spinning back kick that's going to hit somebody in the stomach, not in the face. Yeah, and here's my question with that. Um, and we're going to defer to Ron's as our karate expert. Ron's, is that a common karate kick? Which kick are we talking about? The spinning back kick or the flying side kick? Yeah, the flying side kick. No. No, it's not. 
That's because, what I'm saying. Is that a traditional Okinawan or Japanese kick? As far as I can tell, no, it's not. For the do you reason. learn said kick, Ron's? No, we don't. Not in this style. Yeah, we. And do I, you learn any side foot kicking? Yes. Yeah, you do. You learn a fair amount. Fair amount, but <clears throat> being trained in another style, and going back to what you guys said about being flashy. The flying sidekick is done for two reasons. One, to put distance, cover distance, right? Basically, and two, to plow two through the guy and get to the door, right? Because if you're going to do that, you're probably going to land wrong. You're going to be able to kick him out of your way, and you should just keep your ass running. Because if, you, uh, if you've got to do that, then it's not worth it. Uh, as an instructor once told me, I'm not going to teach any you of the You yeah, no, he, <laughs> I, I did compare to him. He, he was great. But he said, I won't teach any of the, I, I won't show you any of the flashy stuff because flash gets your ass kicked in a heartbeat. And he was yeah. right. It does. Right. Spinning heel, heel kicks, spinning hook kicks, uh, side kicks, right, are all, well, with the exception of side kicks, uh, spinning, anything spinning, right, can be considered flash because You've got to distance your opponent, right? If they're too close, you're going to hook them in, right? And that's where a hook kick comes in. But if you, uh, if they just step back, you just spin out of control like a ballerina. And I think the B-man would look, was, you'd look like a pretty ballerina. Was, is this a common kick? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Yeah, compared to something like in Tang Sudo, when you guys did, when you guys did tank sudo you do a at least from my recollection you did do a fair amount of kicks where you would turn and do like the back foot kicks or like the um you know it had a lot of more flashy moves where some of it was a little more involved with that kind of stuff but like in karate as far as i got up in my rank there's only one kata in my memory where it has like one move that could maybe even slightly be considered like a um jumping kick if i'm remembering right it's like the only like the we only learn like one and you don't learn huh no no we kind of the where you kind of kick with your right foot and land and then you immediately jump up and kick with the left foot gets kind of like one two because i've seen you i've seen them do that kata before yeah 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 but it's like their kick is about waist high yep and it's kind of and it's not straight it's more of an actual like looping in kind of like a weird crane or almost axe kick excuse me because it comes from the outside in a little bit and then you land and then you guys collect yourself and then you kick with the left foot to go back mm -hmm. yeah because that's mm -hmm. the only one where um that's the only one i remember where it's like we actually go off the ground for kicking because it's most of the movements aren't flashy but like compared to something like tang sudo i remember tang sudo's moves being a lot more flashy compared to kobo use well there's a theory behind that and i don't know how accurate it actually is um, because Tang Sudo is a same thing, you know, derived from a Chinese martial arts. The other thing you have to remember is when Korea was invaded, they were still invaded by people on horseback. So the theory is the reason why their kicks are so high is because they were kicking people off of horses. Yeah. And makes I, don't know, I don't know how actually, I don't know how actually true or factual that is. That's what I was told. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> Makes sense to at least train train for it. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, well, their kicks I, are very high. I mean, at my advanced age, advanced age, 
um, I could do a spinning back kick leaving the ground, which, you know, I don't know that I would do it now, but I could do it. And my teacher, who was 70 years old, could still do it. So, again, enough flash. Don't know how practical it is. It looks pretty. Yeah. I'm not even 23, and I wouldn't attempt that. <laughs> no, well, and now at 47, useful. I don't think I would attempt it. When you watch the the fight scenes, a back kick is good, right? Oh, yeah. If you don't chamber the kick. If you go right from the ground like a mule, yeah, yeah. it's a very but good it, kick. Yeah, but If, if you, you bring it kick, in front of you it. and then kick, it's too slow. Right. And uh, thankfully, Daniel doesn't doesn't chamber much in the way of kicks. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I mean, again, that, that, again, that's why I like the movies. I like these movies because there's no flash as opposed to what we would see in the typical 80s movies that we were used to that are considered actual martial arts movies. I don't know that you call these real martial art movies. They're just fun because of the storyline is so you're so invested in the storyline itself. The karate right. is so very little of the movie. Yes, it is. But it's so very little, yet more more people I know started to get into martial arts movies because of this these movies. So these are like yeah. the gateway drug, quote-unquote, of, <laughs> of martial arts movies. Because you watch this and you're like – because I watched this and the movie that you mentioned last week, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, That is a Karate Kid clone. A kid has to move. Yeah, he goes to a new school. He gets picked on by a a rival school, and he learns from the ghost of Bruce Lee. Which still, I love the movie, but it drives me nuts that he says, "Call me Sifu Lee" when he is Chinese and not Japanese. <laughs> 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 I was like, "Wait a minute!" He just told, wait what? <laughs> um, but uh, so yes, yeah, so I watched this is this was the first what I would consider martial arts themed movie that I watched, which opened the floodgates of blood sports and kickboxers. And those are totally flashy. You're right. No fight would ever be, would you see somebody jump up and do a spinning 360 split kick like Jean-Claude Van Damme. But that's one of my favorite screen kicks of all time because it looks cool. Right. But in, well, in, you know, no retreat, no surrender. At least you can say in that movie there are real martial artists in that. There are, yes, uh, there are very much so real. The guy that John Claude Van Damme fights, the brother of that girl, he's an actual. Yes, he was a karate, like an actual karate champion, I believe. I think he trained um, with uh, uh, Benny. Yeah, I think that guy trained with Benny, uh, Benny the Jet, or Kitas, who. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah there were real martial arts. There were real martial artists in that movie, which is why yeah. they had bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> no retreat no surrender but like you said it always good it is always good to have the title there. there never once in any of these movies is the karate kid uh said as a sentence to let you know that that was the name of the movie exactly and they I'm definitely never said the karate kid part one that was never said. <laughs> yeah you, you're right the more you watch the movie you're thinking how many times was there actual karate or fighting in there and then you write until you get to the end, and then all you can think is, I just watched the best karate movie ever. There was so much <laughs> fighting, and then you realize there was only maybe 10 minutes worth of it, and then the other was uh, storyline. Well, it's yeah. like in the... I, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's like in the reboot, where they don't even really do karate. It should like, have been called the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the reboot, uh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Second movie, arguably my favorite. Easily. Yeah, I agree. He's my favorite. Um, because you know what? Um, I hated Chosen, 
he scared the shit out of me. Yep. Uh, way more than Johnny or anybody else did. And it had a good moral story. We had the. This is where you got all the real lessons. All the real lessons and phrases. Actually, that's most of them where they came from. Was that second movie? So, with the, that said, the only one think... that didn't come from it was the uh, the whole thing where Daniel asked Mr. Miyagi in the first movie, "What belt do you have?" And he's like, "J.C. Penney's three ninety eight. Do you like yeah. Yeah. canvas?" So, would you <laughs> say that the historical Japanese honor was spot on? Well, no, because they're in Okinawa. Well, that's what it meant. I mean, why don't, why don't you get it? Why don't you get that Okinawa? <laughs> Okinawans don't necessarily, depending on the time frame, tell you they're Japanese, right? I understand that. I really do. But would you? And say when you that... look at the history of martial arts, they totally separate the two. Remember, I said, um, and I'm, don't quote me. I could be wrong, but karate didn't come to Japan for almost four hundred years. From Okinawa. That's crazy. That is nuts. Um, I, I understand that. To answer your question, Rons, um, unfortunately, I don't know how 100% accurate it is because I'm not Okinawan or Japanese. So um, <laughs> I but, also am not. But, but I, also I, found out that, I also found out, thanks to my son the other day, that I'm not Mexican. Oh, we no. Don't, we don't have Hello, to get what into are this. you? We don't have to get into this now. Yeah. No. Yes, we do. No, this is a different, a, a different podcast. <laughs> but uh, don't, deny, don't deny your heritage. Um, so I don't know if the honor is done 100% correct, but it rings true to me when I watch it. It seems like Sato okay. is played with conviction and chosen, feels feels slighted, and again, as somebody who's grown up listening to how his uncle's honor has been sullied. It right. makes it makes sense. So with that said, is it following Asian culture then pretty accurately on honor? We don't know. <laughs> well, to you, to you. It's romanticizing for us. Okay. We are Americans. Yeah. We it's have this still, stylized idea of something. It's that still we don't very it's still no matter what going to be a very americanized version of whatever the producers and the creative people thought okinawa would be like i mean sure they probably could you know they probably did do a decent amount of research because assuming they did go to okinawa you know that's not something you could just do that takes a lot of time and preparation and studying but no matter what at the end of the day it's an american movie from the 80s so something is going to be you know stuff is going to be over the top or romanticized or you know kind of put in this specific light whether or not it is accurate or not they're still going to well, you know. allow me to ruin one thing for you it was actually oh, filmed always. in hawaii yes really yes it yeah. was well there you yep. go so it's not accurate but <laughs> half, the, half the actors were uh, from uh, la uh, but they did well, actually Hawaiian descent. They, but they did they did rebuild all those little shanties so it matched an Okinawa town that would have been at that point in time. So oh yeah, I do remember that. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty so, interesting. Well, probably yes. if you want to spoil it even more, I mean, it's <laughs> well, like I mean, any other movie, right? You consult you consult on stuff that you don't under, that you don't know anything about, or you write about stuff that you know. You know, exactly. If you're going to write, a, if you're going to develop a show about medical stuff, you're going to consult with medical people so that it's not completely asinine and stupid. So mm -hmm. if you look at it, though, I mean, you can't even consult, if I'm correct, 
they couldn't even really consult with Mr. Miyagi or Pat Morita on Japanese culture 100% because wasn't he born like in America? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, he's American. Well, that's I originally... Even, I'm pretty sure he didn't even speak Japanese. Well, that's why they originally... The the studio wasn't very set on having Pat Morita because he was on... Uh, Happy Days, right? Is that the show yeah, he was on? Well, and he's a com- and he's a known he like comedy, yeah, he was, comedic ap- comedy actor. Yeah, he was so, born in California. He yeah. was. So they too. So they didn't know if because their first choice was somebody who actually was from Japan, it was but they Fumio didn't. Speak, yeah, but they uh, didn't speak like the right amount of English, or there was some kind of breakdown in translation and stuff. So they they fought for Pat Morita, but yeah, you couldn't really. I mean nobody's going to know the true extent of what he knew about his own culture. But yeah, like you would definitely have to ask somebody else about all that different right. kind of stuff. Like, we're going to ask him. No, it was, they asked Fumio Demura to do it. He turned it down because he didn't feel like his English was good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, but he still constantly, you know, he still consulted on it and he played the stunt man, yep. which I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously Pat Morita immortalized it. Um, I still feel like uh, it would have been cool to see more of his influence on the movie, though. Exactly. Because he didn't, he wasn't the choreographer. That's what I always thought was weird. I'm like, why would you have him, but not have him choreograph? Right. Unless maybe he was too tra- traditional and w- and wasn't able, you know, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe he didn't choreograph well enough or didn't want to worry about that because he's, you know, but uh, yeah, and, that, and yeah, the fact that, the that he did was an actual Tang Sudo guy, like you had mentioned before. Right. Which gets a little bit, which is why I was telling Ron, I'm like, what's the command that he says? Yeah. You know, Jujubees. Jujubees. <laughs> it's not so. Jujubees? I thought it was. I'll have to look that up because, uh, well, do you think when you watch the movie, right, for someone who's never seen the movie, does this, um, add to the either mystique of karate or does it stereotypically say that you can learn karate fast no i think it just it's exactly what how um how ralph macchio sees himself as an ambassador of martial arts i think that it still now just like when the last one came out with uh jaden smith i think it gets people interested in wanting to learn martial arts yeah it's fun it gets people in that that door like i said i had karate kid pajamas and it i wanted to get the real thing because i had these pajamas but i wanted a real gi and how do you how do you get one you go take karate (laughs) so what got you into martial arts speed man what what got you into that was this one of the movies that inspired you to join well the movie came out when i was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you know it doesn't say no be right because away. i didn't take up jujitsu until i was 38 years old um 38 39 um i've taken shotokan and i've taken a little bit of kung fu but mostly i prided myself on knowing military combatives so my children and i wanted to put my children in martial arts mm-hmm. yeah we started before you did not, because my parents did never never expressed any interest in getting me into it so i started my children in it with my wife first and then i started taking it so this one was a different involved. style notice though i picked a different style completely mm. 
I do. So the Swan, the daughter, and Skylar were all involved. So, but back to the question, what inspired you to join? He saw we were having fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I finally felt it was time. I finally felt like I had time in my life to take martial arts. Finally. Uh. Yep. I've, I was pretty fortunate growing up when I wanted to do something. If it was something that was physical and active, my dad was pretty, my parents were both pretty supportive. So I think the first thing I went to was a fly by night uh, Tang Sudo place, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> crazy enough. And we did like two months and then they were gone. And then a couple <laughs> out of years, of the back of a group van. <laughs> was, no, you could have a gee here. Come here. Exactly. Come here, kid. Get in this van. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but then a couple years later, uh, found a, um, a Taekwondo place that was close to our summer kind of cabin that we had rented. And, uh, oh, must be nice, Mr. Richie Rich. <laughs> It was. Cabin. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, and Thanks for I, taking time out to speak with us poor people. No problem. Anything I can do. Community um, service. Community service. <laughs> uh, but I, we went five days a week because we were up there with nothing else to really do. So I progressed fairly quickly through that. But I realized halfway through it just Taekwondo was fun, but it wasn't anything that I cared about. And then I had a long dry spell. I did some uh, Muay Thai, some small things here or there, but it was more MMA centered. So it wasn't really focusing on the art of Muay Thai. It was just kicking pads, which is, it's fun. And then I discovered, you know, Jobado Jiu-Jitsu. So. Interesting. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll have to ask my dad why or what happened, why. I because I did Taekwondo very brief time as oh, a child. Oh, so cute. <laughs> he was so cute. So cute. I still have his doggy top. His Aww. Aww. We still have oh. my belt somewhere. Oh, cool. Do we? Hey, Taekwondo is he was you, so cute. You, you have to look at it from a certain perspective. And I look at certain styles of martial arts that with a lens of Taekwondo teaches you control flexibility um you know power or not a certain type of power like jumping power you know things like that and if you can target when you're spinning around that's good to do because it keeps your mind moving and stuff like that but like you were saying beaver man is it something you're going to use in an actual fight or if i close distance on you when you're doing a different style do you feel uncomfortable yes but i know i have some friends that that rag on it and i'll occasionally just kind of make some jokes about it like we have here but in the end if you're training in something and doing something physical that betters your yourself then keep doing it by all Absolutely. means keep on doing yeah. it yeah no i will make some jokes at your expense and then you make some at me for the fact that i can't get down into a half split i don't you know make them please by all means <laughs> <laughs> right exactly well i'm glad you guys asked and, me what got me into it Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, you know, I will say that here's the here's the knowledge that was imparted to me by my uh, by my one my trainer in Tang Sudo, who is a uh, I believe he's an eighth Don now. He said to me, he said, you know who would win if you took an equally matched practitioner of Tang Sudo against an equally matched practitioner of your style of jujitsu? Do you know who would win? And I said. I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead, because I think that we have the same opinion. And he said, okay, 
He's like, whoever makes the first mistake is the loser. Ah, hmm. uh, Miyagi, whoever not dead win. <laughs> well, well, what he says is true. If you're equally matched, it, it's it's style on style. It doesn't matter. It's whoever screws up first is going to lose. Exactly. And meaning nobody's style. You could argue that no one's style is better than anybody else's style. If you're equally matched, it matters on who is who makes the first mistake is the one who loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that's good. Exactly. All one right. of the only wise things he ever said. <laughs> Everything else was gratuitous. Look at me. Look at me. Kind of like Ron's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, the reason I got me. into it is, well, the reason I got my, I got into uh, it because. I said nobody asked. Okay. I well, did. Ron's, how'd you get into it? I know. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, I w- like the B-Man. I was I bullied know. in high school. I was bullied in school, and I needed a, a center. Show of hands, who was totally shocked by this. No, just kidding. Yes, uh, there, 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 there we go. So when I went to England. Uh, it was because your cock was so big, they were all jealous? No, always, always. So when I went to England, I joined uh, Taekwondo okay. there on the base, and I didn't do so good because I didn't put the effort into it, you know. I was in, in the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I started when I was 11 and I dropped out. You were in the because, Air Force at 11? <laughs> yeah. My, you know, I joined when I think I was about 11 in Wetchy Room. the program. I woke up one morning and I told my mom I didn't want to go because I was too tired. And so she never sent me back. And then I said, okay. Didn't do that well at Taekwondo in the military at my first base. And then when I went to my third base, it finally clicked on me. I said, you know what? Really Was put the effort under, into it. So that's under the bra. Yeah, that's under the bra. Right. <laughs> and I decided to excel at it. I really did. I put my effort and I put a lot of effort into it and I started to excel at it. And then when I got out, I got into a fly-by-night school up here in Taekwondo because I was going for a black belt. And it was there one day, gone the next, and I'm like, okay. Then I had a dry spell for a long, long time. Roll around, I wanted my son and my wife into it. I didn't want my son to go through the same hell I did, so I put him in uh, martial arts. Is everybody else's story this long? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, anyway, I got my son into it, and then I followed him after four years on the bench, and my, my wife. And my wife and my son have been doing it. My wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> my wife has been doing it for a long time. And I have to say this, though. What was the question? What was the question? Watching watching the Karate Kid movies, right, shows you that no matter whether you're rich or poor, if you can find somebody to train you that's reputable, you can learn. Because that's the one thing. They didn't have money for karate lessons, but Miyagi trained him with a purpose. And he said, I will take this payment if you become my, um, if you sand the floor and do all my chores. He didn't really say that he's going to take payment, but I get what you're saying. He did enough work for Daniel that would have paid for a couple of years worth of karate. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, I mean Daniel did enough work for Mr. Miyagi, rather. Um, right. Yeah, I, we haven't even made it through the other two, three movies or the Cobra Kai <laughs> series. Um, so we're probably going to have to make it uh, to be continued. But before we go... Um, cause I, unless you guys want to speak into the late hours of the night, we're already at three hours and 40 minutes. By the way, uh, before you continue, uh, before you say anything, thank you for recommending the Cobra Kai series. I really getting hooked into it. I won't divulge anything beyond that, but thank you. 
it's a really good series so far. You're you're welcome. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh. Before we get into it, so what's the natural consensus here? Do we drive on, or do you want to be to be continued for part three? This is a to be continued. I agree. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, there's maybe too much to unpack because we're gonna we're gonna gloss over three. Yeah, and that's the next karate kid, and we'll focus more on Cobra Kai because there's a lot in there to unpack. And this will well, here's one. Here, I just want I just want to throw this out here then. Um, I'm kind of skipping over Karate Kid Part 3 and the next Karate Kid, and I just want to say this one thing. Well, no, we're going to come back to it, but I just want you guys to think about this. This is just something I want you to think about. And this is in relation to Jaden Smith, um, Will Smith, you know, because Will Smith is a huge fan of the Karate Kid. And obviously, if he had his druthers, he would have been, you know, the guy for Karate Kid but too old, whatever. Um, this is what I want you to think about. So this is what I felt was wrong with the Jaden Smith version of the Karate Kid. Okay. One, it's called the Karate Kid. Okay. But I feel like this is how they could have saved it and kept it, the Karate Kid. And I love Jackie Chan. Don't get me wrong. Love me some Jackie Chan. Saw the movie The Foreigner, by the way, Andy, and I was wrong. I had seen it before, so I ended up oh. watching it twice. Anyway. Yeah. Good um, flick. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I was the whole time. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Um, <laughs> but awesome movie. Anyway, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, but this is how I okay. This is how I would have made the movie. Strap in. This is something for you guys to think about. It should have been instead of Jackie Chan. It should have been a black American martial artist who was living in China. Hmm. Like That's who should have trained Jaden, and he should have trained him in karate to beat and win a Kung Fu championship. Oh. And this is why I say this. You could have totally – here's my two options for who I think should have been the Mr. Miyagi figure. Either you could have gone total badass and picked Michael J. White. Ooh, good pick. Ooh, good one, yeah. Or if you want to make him older and still, in my opinion, a totally underrepresented but great martial artist, wait for it, Billy Blanks. Nice. Ooh. I thought for sure you were going to say, um, oh, now I'm blanking on his damn name. That's right. Blanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm blanking on the name now. Jeez. Billy Blanks would have been good. Have you seen him in the Geico commercials, by the way? Yes. <laughs> I can't really? believe that. I have not. If you have... Think, oh, I, that's what I want. Just think about that. Think okay. about... That's all I could think about the whole time. I'm like, I like that movie. But if Samuel you, Jackson. That's who I'm thinking of. Samuel Jackson. Why wouldn't I pick an actual martial artist? Because, motherfucker. That's the reason. <laughs> He just bitch slapped the kid around and yell at him. I think it would have been better to stick with the Karate Kid theme. You've got Mr. Miyagi, who's from Okinawa in America. He's going to teach Daniel karate to win a karate tournament. Stick with the theme. Now you've taken a kid. You've put him in China. Wouldn't it have been better to have him trained by someone who's also displaced just like he is for whatever reason living in China? Being trained by somebody 
who's American, teaching him American karate to win the Kung Fu tournament. That would have been cool. I agree. Okay. All right. I like that. your point. Well, I'm just saying, just think about it. Just, you know, def- refute me or whatever. But I, that was my, that was my whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, why didn't they do this? Why? why? That would have made way more sense. Shit, you could have made Will Smith Mr. Miyagi version. Yeah. I mean, he's athletic. He could have pulled it off. I mean. What about the late Chadwick Boswick? Boswick. Chadwick Boseman? Yeah. He's a Little- good... He would have been a good too young. actor, but he would have been too young. I yeah, agree with I was going to say, he would have been really young. He would have had to have been like a Vietnam vet for to be given the actual time frame of when that Jaden Smith Karate Kid movie. That, that's kind of the age I'm thinking. And I or, think. you know, you could have said, I mean, you know, Michael Korean Jack White would have been a good. I mean, he could have been a good one and been trained by his dad who decided to move to China after yeah. like the Vietnam War or the Korean War or something. Excellent point. Something like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Something. I, that's how I would have Americanized it. I'm like, why not make it, you know, like Scatter said, fish out of water. Okay, make his trainer fish out of water also, and he's going to teach him in American karate to beat these guys in kung fu. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just think about it. Just think about what I said. What, Shoot holes in it later. Okay, whatever. Uh, I was going to say, what about the actor that played Show Enough? I he was already passed away by then. Okay. <laughs> but. Sure enough, is 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 awesome. He <laughs> is. Well, I mean, if that you could have just have uh, you know, Bruce Leroy. Yeah, time back. <laughs> and Bruce Leroy, that guy's awesome. I right. met him um, too. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I, I pick him. Um, all right then. Uh, so well, I guess we'll wrap it up then, and um, we'll be prepared then for part three. Shit, there might be a part four. <laughs> <laughs> One never knows. We got three Karate Kid movies to get through. And the totally unbelievable, wild as fuck, Cobra Kai that, uh, well, I can go on for days on that one. Yep. All right. Totally. All right. Well, then that's it. Let me thank my, uh, thank my number two, as always, for joining me and for being the expert in karate that he is. Oh, I'm not uh, For setting us all straight with our preconceived notions and the what little information or knowledge that we have oh, against I, I, the sacred art of karate. No, I didn't set you straight. I probably put you on a different path away from, you know, <laughs> circling. Uh, Tay uh, means hand. Ah. And uh, you know who we should to discuss this. Also, we should get uh, SpongeBob on the because you know <laughs> he is a karate master. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's it for me. Uh, thank you, Andy, for joining us, uh, resident uh, fellow nerd, and of course. The boy, uh, Skyler, thank you. Uh, the man, now they always be my boy. Uh, thank you. Uh, also for joining us today. And uh, I would like to say adios, amuchfuckos. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, from the Rons. Andy, you got the last word? He said goodbye, motherfucker. <laughs> I thought it was Skyler. Goodbye. Like Skyler. <laughs> All right.